Invitation. If you are a dreamer, come in. If you are a dreamer, a wisher, a liar, a hoper, a prayer, a magic bean buyer. If you're a pretender, come sit by my fire, for we have some flax golden tails to spin. Come in. Come in. is the opening poem um, from Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein, and this is Books That Raised Us. I'm Alana Shapiro, an educator and mom whose best friends were books for most of my life. And I'm Esty Shapiro, a semi-adrift grad student still living in my mom's basement. So this one was my pick. Um, I reread it. But you haven't. So what do you remember from Where the Sidewalk Ends? Honestly, my memory is, like, pretty foggy. Um, I do remember there was a, one poem about um, playing hug of war instead of tug of war <laughs> that was this sort of, like, pacifist thing. And there was one, there was kind of, like, a slimy poem about a squid or an octopus or something, um that I just remember, like, kind of freaked me out, but I don't remember very well. Um, but the one I remember the best is about the little girl who won't take the trash out until she's, like, consumed by it. <laughs> I think I used to read that to you sometimes when you didn't want to do your chores. Probably. That's probably why that one's in such a prominent place in your memory. Probably. <laughs> So this um, book was more of an unusual pick. It's not really a chapter book or novel or a picture book in the same way as our other selections have been. Um, rather, it's a poetry collection by Shel Silverstein. And they're just really fanciful, funny, silly poems um, for children. And I picked it just because it was really... It spoke to children. It, it was written clearly for children, and it was poetry for children, and it was, it was the first book like that um, of poems that were so kid-like and kid-friendly that yeah. I read. No, that makes sense. When did this book come out? So it came out in 1974, um, so I was three years old when it came out, and, and honestly, I just I don't even remember a time before this book was in my life. My mom read it to me a lot. That was a lot of my bedtime <laughs> stories were, were Shel Silverstein, Where the Sidewalk Ends, poems. Um, and I just, I loved Shel Silverstein when I was little. I loved this book. Um, and so she read it to me a lot. Much like I used to read you um, the one about not taking the trash out. <laughs> um, my mom read some to me <laughs> because of that as well. And so one of my favorites is a poem called Sick. Can I read that one? Sure. This one is called Sick. Um, I cannot go to school today, said little Peggy Ann McKay. I have the measles and the mumps, a gash, a rash, and purple bumps. My mouth is wet, my throat is dry. I'm going blind in my right eye. My tonsils are as big as rocks. I've counted 16 chicken pox. 
and there's one more, that's 17. And don't you think my face looks green? My leg is cut, my eyes are blue. It might be instamatic flu. I cough and sneeze and gasp and choke. I'm sure that my left leg is broke. My hip hurts when I move my chin, my belly button's caving in. My back is wrenched, my ankle's sprained, my appendix pains each time it rains. My nose is cold, my toes are numb. I have a sliver in my thumb. My neck is stiff, my spine is weak. I hardly whisper when I speak. My tongue is filling up my mouth. I think my hair is falling out. My elbow's bent, my spine ain't straight. My temperature is 108. My brain is shrunk, I cannot hear. There's a hole inside my ear. I have a hangnail, and my heart is, what? What's that? What's that you say? You say today is Saturday? Goodbye, I'm going out to play. <laughs> <laughs> so I was one of those kids who had a lot of ailments on school days. And, and uh, yeah, my mom used to read me that one sometimes when I didn't want to go to school or... <laughs> That's so funny. Do you have, um, is that your favorite part or do you have another favorite part or character or something? So that's probably my favorite silly poem. Um, but I also have a favorite. Some of the poems in the book are also just really touching and sweet and more serious. And so my favorite of those, and that's a really short one, it's called Listen to the Mustn'ts. Listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, the won'ts. Listen to the never-haves, then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. I like that. That's probably my favorite poem in the book. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, it's just, I think, so much of life, especially for children, is the, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And, um... And Shel Silverstein really said, like, don't <laughs> listen to them, but you don't have to pay attention to them. You well, don't have to live your life that way. Right. Not just, like, ignore them, but actually, like, take in what people are saying you can't do and, like, turn that into possibilities, right? Or, like, expanding sort of what you think is possible, I think is really cool. Exactly. You know, it makes me think about, I feel like, um, whatever, it's sort of a common saying, um, when people are talking about, like, representation and how important representation is, and people mm -hmm. always say you can't be what you can't see. Right. Um, which is, like, true. Representation matters. But I think part of the conversation of, like, moving beyond that is, like, is exactly what that poem's doing, right? Like, it's empowering you to be what you can't see or what you've been told isn't possible. or Right? Like, that, that level of, I guess, empowerment, I think, is... Um, is really, like, even more sophisticated than, like, the conversation we're having today in, For sure. in general. For sure. Um, and I think kids need to hear that so much. You know, kind of building that resilience to the naysayers in the world or um, the times even when in your own head you hear those shouldn'ts or <laughs> mustn'ts or don'ts. Um, I think it's important to have that counter voice that says, but it's possible. You, you can do it. Anything is possible. 
Yeah. I wonder, too, um, I think maybe it's sort of something we've talked about on here a little bit before, but um, you talk often about sort of raising maybe, like, difficult kids um, or, like, stubborn strong-willed you were never difficult <laughs> strong-willed yes and but but I think I don't know there's something about that poem that makes me think about how like what might present as a challenge in a child is actually like going to develop into being like independence and strength and boldness and absolutely absolutely the best honestly the best piece of parenting advice I ever got in my life um, was from your pediatrician when you were probably about three, three and a half, um, and very strong-willed and always knew <laughs> exactly what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do it, regardless of what any of the adults around you were, were saying or, or telling you to do. And, um, and she said to me, take a deep breath, mama, and <laughs> enjoy it. Because some of the traits that we find most difficult and challenging to parent in a toddler are actually the ones that you will respect the most in her as an adult. And it just, it was like a heart-stopping moment (laughs) in the pediatrician's office and it really um, made me stop and think and really reframe um, just who you were as a child and how um, powerful that was. And, and it gave me a much more profound appreciation, I think, for... The stubbornness um, and that <laughs> well, difficult. For, yeah, and for, you know, a, a young girl who knew what you wanted and would do whatever it took to get it and to make it happen. Um, even if that was sometimes unconventional or, you know, not what we necessarily had planned or had time for that day. Um, (laughs) Or had time for. (laughs) Like the fourth outfit change of the day. Yes. (laughs) That would be one of them. Um, Do you remember, sorry, this is a total tangent, but do you remember when you set a a costume change limit on my date? Like I was not allowed to wear more than two complete outfits like it, three it was no three. it was two but that didn't count playing dress up because oh, we had our okay. our drawer of dress up costumes that was fine because those didn't get washed between everywhere <laughs> but I was only allowed to wear two two full outfits full today. outfits a day that makes sense that's reasonable <laughs> <laughs> you and your brother and your cousin um oh my gosh when you guys were playing together you would literally go through every single costume like 14 rounds of dress up and of course <laughs> that was good times of course um back to the <laughs> the book or the collection um are there parts that surprised you or or what had you forgotten about it so um it kind of surprised me just in sort of looking into some of the poems again as an adult and I one of the things I loved in this book when I was younger were two of the poems that were actually also set to music and were songs. So my elementary music 
teacher, Debbie DeSantis, was a big Shel Silverstein fan, and she we used to love it when she would sing the boa constrictor song, the I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. Do you oh, I don't know that? that song. It's very funny. Well, can can we listen to it? So one of the things in my research is there are not great versions of any of these songs. They're all mostly really annoying 70s versions of the songs. Well, so you can do the really cool 70s I'll do version. the really cool... <laughs> <laughs> revisiting the 70s version. This is Boa Constrictor. Oh, I'm being eaten by a boa constrictor. A boa constrictor. A boa constrictor. I'm being eaten by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Well, what do you know? He's nibbling my toe. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. He's up to my knee. Oh, my. Oh, my. He's up to my thigh. Oh, fiddle. Oh, fiddle. He's up to my middle. Oh, heck. Oh, heck. He's up to my neck. Oh, dread, oh, dread, it's oomph. <laughs> <laughs> I've truly never You've heard never that before. Heard that song. <laughs> My music team, we were very into that song in elementary music school. It probably sounds like third like a, or fourth grade. <laughs> it sounds like a, a banger for an elementary school music class. Right? I, I was never so lucky. Well, we were into it. But, um, but really, the, the one I loved the most as a song. Um, my, you know, Temple Emanuel Jewish Elementary School um, choir. We had this amazing choir director named Eve Jacobs, who I just adored, um, and Steve Brodsky, who's now like this famous Jewish kids musician um, in Denver. Um, but Eve, the choir director, sang this unicorn song a few times to us and it was absolutely hilarious and I was so excited because I recognized it as a Shel Silverstein poem and I was you know like the one kid in choir who recognized <laughs> it where that from was. the book where the lyrics um, were from <laughs> yeah and it turns out it's really funny because it turns out when I went back to look up the song um for this episode we <laughs> there's all these versions. There was a really famous, like, very popular version of it sung by the Irish Rovers in the 70s. Um, that came out after Shel Silverstein recorded it and published it, and then there was, like, this cover band <laughs> version of it that is that was super popular. Wait, so Shel Silverstein actually recorded these songs? Yeah, so, like, so the... he had an album. He actually... Oh, I didn't know that. He's actually a Grammy winning artist, musician, um, the song A uh, Boy Named Sue. Yeah, that's Johnny Cash. Is written by Shel Silverstein. Oh, I didn't know that. Neither did I. Isn't that I mean, crazy? it makes sense. It sounds like a <laughs> Shel Silverstein poem. Yeah, but that Johnny Cash song won a Grammy, and it was Shel Silverstein who wrote oh, it. Oh, we should listen to that. Isn't that funny? Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. 
Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke And it got a lot of laughs from lots of folks Seems I had to fight my whole life through Some gal would giggle and I'd get red And some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue Well, I grew up quick and I grew up mean My fists got hard, my wits got keen Roamed from town to town to hide my shame But I made me a vow to the moon and stars I'd search the honky-tonks and bars And kill that man that gave me that awful name Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's funny, it's, I guess, part of why I was surprised when you first said that that song was written by Shel Silverstein is, like, it's, it's so much more adult than, like, where the sidewalk is. Right, like, totally. I feel like most of his content is not about, like, an alcoholic dad. <laughs> Good point. No, I was really shocked when I was looking up information about the unicorn and how that became a song and all of that. I was not anticipating stumbling on Chell Silverstein, the Grammy Award winning country music, you know. Lyricist. Lyricist for Johnny Cash. That's so funny. Um, well, I think on that note, how did this book raise you? So, I think the way that this book raised me was really just about how joyful books can be and also what a great means of escape <laughs> books can be at times in your life like if you're when I was little if I was feeling sad or something I would often just snuggle up under my covers with where the sidewalk ends and read funny poems <laughs> and and you know laugh and giggle at at these just ridiculously silly um, poems and that I, I do want to mention the illustrations in the mm -hmm. book as well because they're brilliant um, I highly recommend um, picking up a copy of it and browsing through or even you know doing a google search for <laughs> where the sidewalk ends images because the illustrations are absolutely hilarious as well and so fitting for all the poems that they go with um sometimes they're actually even part of the poem like the poem doesn't tell the whole story the the yeah. image is really needed um and so yeah it's just you know books books bring joy into our lives and and that's what this book taught me for sure I love that. I love what you said about the illustrations. I feel like um, I can remember some of them really, it felt like at, sort of as witty as his poems are, like as, as witty or sort of how there's like a punchline to a lot of the poems. I felt like oftentimes um, the illustrations also like there was like a, a joke uh, totally. to them, which is... I don't know, maybe something I, like, aspire to in some of my own, like, <laughs> visual work um, is that level of, like, sassiness. Exactly. Um, I love it. Okay, so I'll ask you the same question. How did this book raise you? I mean, honestly, like, if I'm being totally transparent, this book is, is 
hazier to me than than many of the other ones that we've we've talked about so far on this podcast. That makes me um, so sad. I know. <laughs> well, and it's not. It's not that I like. I I I think of it fondly, and it's not that I don't have an appreciation for it. It just right. I feel like it ha- didn't necessarily um, always stick with me in the same ways that maybe mm. it did you. Um, but I do really like strongly feel like that garbage poem (laughs) I I I honestly I don't remember like the details I just remember like she was so insistent on not taking out the garbage that it it like buried her alive essentially and that that really resonates with me even as an adult who doesn't like to clean things and take the trash out because you were just like Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout yeah would not take the garbage out (laughs) can I uh can I see that poem oh goodness it's long okay it's a long one but it's a good one well maybe I won't read the whole thing maybe I'll read an excerpt Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out she'd scour the pots and scrape the pans candy the yams and spice the hams and though her daddy would scream and shout she simply would not take the garbage out And so it piled up to the ceilings, coffee grounds, potato peelings, brown bananas, rotten peas, chunks of sour cottage cheese, whatever. So it goes on describing all of the smelly, stinky, horrible things that are uh, filling up this garbage, including moldy melons, dried up mustard, eggshells mixed with lemon custard, cold french fries and rancid meat, yellow lumps of cream of wheat. Um, Yeah, it sounds gross. Um, And it, it ends... At last the garbage reached so high that finally it touched the sky and all the neighbors moved away and none of her friends would come to play. And finally Sarah Cynthia Stout said, okay, I'll take the garbage out. But then of course it was too late. The garbage reached across the state from New York to the Golden Gate and there in the garbage she did hate, poor Sarah met an awful fate that I cannot right now relate, because the hour is much too late. But children, remember Sarah Stout, and always take the garbage out. (laughs) This is one of the perfect examples of what you were talking about with the illustrations, because really, this whole idea that I had that stuck in my head about she was, like, buried alive by the garbage is totally inference. Like, that is not textual, that's not explicit at all. But the illustration is this, like, leaning tower of garbage, and she's running away, and it's, like... Tipping over. Like, a tidal wave about to, like, cave, like, come down on her. Um, yeah. No, that's exactly (laughs) what you were talking about with these illustrations. Yeah. Shel Sorcin was amazing. His, his, um, his words and his images were just such a joyful part of my childhood although I do have to say the like picture of the author on the back of the book terrified me a little bit he was really (laughs) creepy looking and it looked like he had really dirty feet wait it's like a full body image it's not like no he's like leaning back in a chair and his foot is kicked up and you can see the bottom of his foot and I always thought ooh Shel Silverstein you have really dirty feet. <laughs> you should write a poem about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we're going to leave it with that. Thanks for joining us. That was Where the Sidewalk Ends on Books That Raised Us. Next week, we will be talking about Miss Nelson is Missing, 
by Harry Allard. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Until then, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Books Raised Us. Our theme music is by Cooper Kaminsky. Happy reading! A long time ago, when the earth was green, there are more kinds of animals than you've ever seen. They'd run around and play while the earth was being born, but the loveliest of all was the unicorn. They're green alligators and long neck geese, some humpty back camels and some chimpanzees, some cats and rats and elephants, but sure as you're born, the loveliest of all was the unicorn.